night, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Feast your eyes and tune your ears. It's that time again. We are live with another episode of The Authority Project. It's the video podcast streamed on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope, where we talk to digital marketers, business coaches, and creators of all kinds on how they've built authority in their field and how you can mimic their success. Developing authority, building your audience, and attracting better clients to your own business. Now, without further ado, let's bring to the virtual stage your host, Brian S. Arnold. In last name of a try, Amy, I'm going to say Ostriker. Oh my God. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. So we're good. So we are good. So she is here. She says, let me see if I can get this right. She's going to show us how to do, how to, let's see. Let me show you got this title because I want to do this correctly here. She's going to show us how to transform adversity detours or trauma in your life and she's going to do it through creativity in the four let me get my hand right the four skills that's three that's four skills to resilience is what she has for us today now is that what you're going to do for us today amy no yes i am awesome awesome so before we dive in because this is going to be great before we dive in can you tell us a little bit about, and I'm sure we're going to obviously going to dive into your story, but tell us real quick who you are personally and then professionally. Personally, um, there was some kind of overlap because I am, um, I am run by creativity. That is kind of my life force. It's how I connect to the world. Um, it's um, what makes me who I am and what connects me to myself and to other people. Um, so uh, basically, uh, I am Amy, and um, I um, I live each day um, by realizing the best things we can find are right here, right now, um, no matter what goes on. And um, that has really gotten me through a moment to moment of um anything. I love it. I love it. So let's let's dive in. Let's dive in, shall we? Um what brings what brought you, you going to your story, what brought you to this path of helping people in this way? This is just dive into your story and, and where and we'll see where that takes us. Helping people. Well I mean as a kid, I loved doing theater, um, musical theater I grew up with, because for me, it was more than just being a stage ham, and I loved being on stage. Oh. But for me, it was always how I felt like I could connect to the world. And I loved stories from the time I was a kid, and I loved telling them. Um, and I loved that when you play a role, you're you're playing a very specific character, but if it's a you're well written play and a good performance, you're you're telling a story that anyone can relate to, you know, on some kind of universal level. And so, as a kid, that always really called to me because 
I always felt like an old soul that I wanted, I wanted people to be more engaged in life. And I love nature. I love trees. I mean, again, like growing up, like my best friends were trees and then nature. (laughs) And I always had this like reverence for nature and the spirituality that I couldn't explain, but it just helped me feel like I belonged and it helped me know who I was. Um, So, and I was very driven uh, thinking like, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to do musical theater. I applied to 17 colleges, got into like the top uh, universities for, for theater and all that. Nice. Um, and, um, and uh, I was studying with a professional voice teacher um, from the time I was 15. And then when I was 17, you know, I was sexually abused by him. That put me in a very numb, frozen state, uh, which at the time I didn't really know those terms or that I was being abused at all because I was so frozen. I just left my body. I just knew I was carrying some kind of weight that something had changed um, in my kind of innocent, connected way of life. I could only tell things had changed because on my nature walks, my trees didn't feel magic anymore. Mm-hmm. All I just felt was numb. Um, so I didn't understand. And I thought, you know, like many survivors, oh, something's wrong with me. Um, until finally I felt physically I couldn't take it anymore. There was some kind of now what I know is anxiety. Um, <laughs> um, but I finally, it just came out to my mom before I even realized I knew I'd said it. And I was 18, my senior year of high school. Um, literally two weeks after that, um, I had a really bad stomach ache that wasn't going away. And I ended up being rushed to the emergency room. My stomach literally exploded due to a blood clot. Um, If you're kind of taking a, you know, that's not a thing. It's not like it happens. It, you know, they, I needed 120 units of blood and I was in a coma for months. I never been sick my entire life. So so, you know, I wake up months later, I'm thinking like, where the heck am I? Uh, and then doctors tell me that I don't have a stomach anymore and I can't eat or drink and they don't know if or when that'll ever be possible again. So, you know, as a teenager, I'm feeling, wow. especially for someone who's not used to being sick or in hospital, like, you can't tell me what to do. Like, I'm not in jail. Like, I'm going to college, <laughs> yeah. which is honestly why I can relate to a lot of the teenagers right now that might feel this quarantine, you know, is like unfair or unnatural. Like, I get that. I was in that position. Um, and then I also know that sometimes, you know, you need to, not sometimes, but, you know, health uh, comes first and it will it will pay off and yeah. my book is called my beautiful detour but at this point at 18 I kind of just felt stuck I didn't see a path at all right. so I'm giving you the setup because I was finally discharged um, from the ICU I actually had a surprise high school graduation ceremony in the ICU my wow. headmaster came okay. which was cool um, but, um, I was discharged because I wasn't in danger of dying anymore. Cause that was really the fear. But the only thing was I didn't have a digestive system and I couldn't eat or drink. So mm-hmm. doctors were like, okay, you know, you're not sick enough to be in the hospital, but like, just hang in there, stay strong. And, you know, uh, we'll see how things go. 
What, so, what is your body weight at this time, at that, at that point? Uh, you know, I was being sustained on nutritional uh, okay. IV fluid. Okay. So, you know, it was, you know, it was not, you know, ideal, but I wasn't, you know, right. in danger of dying. And, you know, doctors talk about kind of the kind of disconnect sometimes. They were like, well, you know, why are you hungry? You know, the the IVs are giving plenty of calories a day. I'm thinking, right, because hunger has no psychological, <laughs> emotional component. So, yeah. you know, as someone who had loved food all my life. And so now I was discharged from the hospital um, at 18. You know, I was very weak. I didn't, you know, I was chugging around IV pole all day. All my friends were in college. I didn't know who I was anymore. And mm -hmm. plus, I was home in the real world. So even like a sip of water, I couldn't have. So like I would see someone chug a water bottle and I would have mm -hmm. like a nervous breakdown. Mm -hmm. So then I just realized like I just hid myself in my room all day because there was water and food and life everywhere. And it was mm -hmm. very difficult for me. So that was a new kind of numbness I do experience when I had to tell myself to avoid hunger as a survival mechanism. Yeah. Um, but this is where creativity really saved me because I realized that like, I need to be with people somehow. Like it is dangerous for anyone psychologically to be isolated like this. Right. Um, and so a month after I was discharged from the ICU, I saw local theater was having auditions for the musical Oliver. And I mean, I must have been crazy to convince my parents, let me just try out, like maybe I'll be ensemble. It'll be good to be in a community. I ended up getting the lead. Um, and even though I couldn't eat or drink, the feeling of community and being able to share a different story and express myself, that really saved me. Um, and then from there, I learned that creativity is just energy. You know, anyone can be creative. It's energy that we feel that we might feel stifled because we're afraid to express anger or fear. It can make us anxious. But if we look at that as energy, then we can take that energy and just like poof, get it out in so many different ways. So theater was the first way. Yeah. Then it ended up helping me come up with creative solutions. Like I missed going food shopping and I ended up starting a chocolate business where I made like chocolate creations for people, um, which gave me a hands-on experience um, with food. Plus I could go like candy shopping. That got me through. You know, I, I eventually got my strength back, got back into dance, um, started journaling and writing and songwriting. Um, and all those ways to transform my energy was so important because I deserve to be upset and yeah. angry and frustrated. But imagine all that stuff simmering inside. That's how we also have maladaptive coping mechanisms or it can shut ourselves off, mm -hmm. which is not good. So, so that's how creativity got me through. Zipping to the very end... <laughs> Um, I didn't have a timeline, so creativity got me 
from, you know, moment to moment. Um, it ended up being almost seven years and 28 surgeries wow. before I could eat or drink anything. And if you had originally told me that, you know, coming out of the hospital, I would have said, I give up, forget yeah. it. Yeah. But being able to be in each moment um, through finding gratitude, through finding presence in any way I could, that got me from baby step to baby step. And it's also how I was able to find the gifts in, you know, having to go a different path, which is what I ended up calling a, a beautiful detour. Sorry, that was a mouthful, but. Oh, I, I got you. I got you. So I'm speaking I think, of mouthful, wait, I got to say, I, I can eat now. Oh, great. That is <laughs> wonderful. So I think what I draw from that is your ability to adjust. Which adjust in, and adapt, yeah. Right. Um, which for you is, is an incredible story in and of itself for what you had to go through. But um, just for, I, I know it just from, from my audience, sometimes even in this pandemic environment that we are in, the mm-hmm. ability to adjust. Yes. For some, pe- some people don't think that they have it in them to do that, but it's, it's something that you have to do. It's, there's, there's no other way to, <laughs> to, you know to what not I really, do it. I find that, you know, I, I published my book a year ago, but I'm finding now that people are reaching out more than ever because, I mean, it, it feels like the same situation that the truth is I'm no different than anyone else. You don't know what you're capable of until you're forced to do it. Mm-hmm. So take the opportunity as a chance to explore what you're capable of. And, you know, you mentioned my four, I call my four hardcore skills to resilience at the time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I wanted to bring that up because I found that those were things I discovered along the way Mm -hmm. that I used during this intense period, but I'm finding I'm using, especially now and through any uncertain um, experience in my life. Um, So, I think they're really valuable to share now because, you know, I didn't have therapy because at the time, like I saw a therapist and he's like, you can't eat or drink. I'm not going to torture you by, you know, making you talk about your emotions. So I kind of had to resource what, what I could use. So, so anyway, so the first one is, um, creativity first um which i explained was you don't have to be an artist or a dancer or a theater or whatever um it's just whatever energy you're feeling you know think of the law of energy it can't be created or destroyed so if you just spend your life running from that unpleasant feeling that you should be feeling it's just going to come back in a different way um so um so really creativity is a mindset. It's the ability to see something differently. Um, so, you know, take that energy, you know, go for a walk, uh, make a recipe, you know, do something where we're, you're using that same feeling, but in a different way. Um, and for me, it was many different outlets. Um, the second one is hope. And before everyone rolls their eyes and being like, <laughs> okay, have hope. <laughs> hope I realize it's not this like inspirational beam of light that comes to you on like a mountaintop. And you're like, oh, okay, you know, I hope things will get better. Yeah. You know, hope is a job. It's something you actively have to create. 
Um, like, um, you know, an athlete, you know, how they like envision the fission, the, the finish line. Right. Um, and an example of how I did that when I got out of the hospital is imagine like I'm home and doctors are saying, there's nothing really concrete you can do to help yourself get closer to eat or drink in. And we can't tell you when, so just like, you know, coast. <laughs> um, so, so as soon as I got home, I made my own hope by, I made a big countdown on my wall that said seven days till I can eat again. And every day I'd go down to six, then five and four. Then when it got to zero, I started over again um, for seven years. And mm. I realized that, you know, hope is a lie that we have to tell ourselves. And you can say like, oh, you know, you shouldn't say it like that. But Think about it. Whenever you read like a fiction or fantasy book or something, you call it willing suspension disbelief because you are lying to yourself in order to be taken to that world. And it does something for you. Otherwise, why would you just keep lying to yourself and buying a ton of books? (laughs) Um, So, you know, you need to tell yourself that story um, as the what propels you from one step to the other. Um, on your detour. Um, the third one is um, stories, speaking of that, um, and in two different ways for me. Um, when I first was waking up from my coma, my mother, who is like the eternal optimist to the point where you want to just like smack her (laughs) all up to my mother but she would read me these inspirational autobiographies of you people like the central park jogger and and people who had really come to near death who had these great comeback stories and i remember her reading that to me when i was Mm. like half sedated and feeling like why are you reading this to me? Like, no, I'm not going to be that. Like, I just woken up from a coma. But but what I realized was that as I got better, I started to, and stronger, I started to remember parts of those stories that I kind of pushed away for a long time. And that's when I realized, like, build up your story inventory because there will come a time when you do get to that point in your own hero or heroine's journey where you'll find yourself subconsciously resourcing those steps, Mm. realizing you're at that same place. And then you'll have that path ahead. And those things don't come to us till we're really um, ready for them. But the best we can do is just um, fill our world with, with those stories. And, and when we, when we know we're ready to accept that into our awareness, you know, it will come. Um, and then the other (laughs) yeah yeah right (laughs) thank you mom um and then uh, um the other part of stories was um when i couldn't eat or drink you know i was just dying to fill myself with any kind of inspiration or distraction as i could and i ended up of all things just finding this big book of mythology because i thought the pictures were cool Mm -hmm. um and as i was flipping through them i'm like wow they all kind of seem to have the same kind of idea. Like this person uh, is in his world, uh, but then something bad happens. He gets sucked into the darkness. Then he has to like fight all these demons and dragons and it changes him. And then he eventually comes back 
to that world, but he's like transformed and he like helps him in some way. And I found this in story after story. And even though each story was different, they all had that same idea. Little did I know I was discovering the archetypal hero's journey. Mm -hmm. But but what I realized is no doctor was giving me any kind of timeline or anything. So I'm like, okay, I don't have a map. I'm going to use this. And then like I Googled and Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. I'm like, oh, these 12 steps, like, I'll just use these. And those got me through. I mean, look at any Pixar movie, you know, Finding Nemo, um, Star Wars. Sorry for my dog barking. But, um, come on. Um, well, she's getting excited because we're talking about Pixar. But, um, you can, but you can trace these anywhere. And so I realized, and I think that's why people can resonate with my story because sure, like what happened to me is unique, but those steps we can all take in our lives. And I think if we start seeing every story, especially now when we're hearing all these stories from so many different people that we never heard from before, if we just remember that we're all going through this same journey together, it makes us feel this solidarity. And that's what gives us the compassion and empathy where we can really help each other. You yeah. navigate this uncertainty and it's not about, well, this happened to me or that happened to me. It's not comparing war stories because that's not what it's about. Um, I've always felt that we should find our uniqueness, not on what happened to us, but, but what we choose to do with it. Um, and so that's number three. And then the fourth um, is, again, uh, don't roll your eyes, but it's gratitude. And that's, that's not, and it, that's not just because, um, oh, okay, I'm thankful this happened to me, blah, blah, blah. Um, I realized this skill very late on after my 27th surgery, um, it was supposed to fix everything and it was a total disaster mm. um, and turned into three emergency surgeries in eight days and I woke up pretty darn frustrated because I just premiered a one-woman musical about my life called called gutless and grateful which was like the heroic story of how I had triumphed all the odds after 26 surgeries mm. this surgery was a week later and now I felt like I was back at square one I just been able to eat and now doctors were saying, sorry, didn't work. You can't eat or drink again, which happened multiple times. Um, but um, I started like just making lists from A to Z and just making myself right. One thing I was grateful for, really the only reason was I had to get my mind off of food. So I was just trying to keep my, my fingers busy. But as I started doing these lists, for months, I realized looking at these A to Z things, what I was grateful for seemed to come from a larger place, even if they were like little things like, like, you know, tea was for like tree out my window or like, um, you know, C was like comfy hospital sheet or something. You know, they all came from what I realized were my values. Like, oh, um, you know, nature is important to me. Family is important to me. So I realized that, like, once you know what your values are, you kind of know what you're about. Um, so even if your circumstances change, 
um, who you are stays the same. And so I think that was my realization that, you know, I'm larger than my medical circumstances or what might happen next week or whatever. Like my values will always show me the larger path of where I should go next on my detour. So anyway, you know, creativity, hope, uh, stories, gratitude, they all seem like kind of cheesy uh, inspirational poster words. But I found that in these times where we don't really have a game plan, we need to latch on to those and find how they work for us. And I, you know, I can say I use them then for a really tricky time. I use them now and I use them whenever there's something in my life that I don't know what's going to happen about. Mm. And I think that's the nature of being human. You never know anything. Mm. Um, so you use what you can and they're all things uh, we're capable of. So. Awesome. I love it. So we're a little up, up against it now, but I want you to, I want, I got a couple more questions so, and we can, we can wrap this up, but, and actually this is all wrapped up into maybe like a two-parter, but all, all together. <laughs> Kind of thing. So, if people are, are, are hearing you now, they're hearing your story. I access of all of our guests, and maybe they have the same same kind of story. Maybe not as maybe not the same, but similar in, in pain or, or what have you. And they want to turn that story, like you have. And you, you, I mean, you've written a book. You've done TEDx. You've, you've done a lot. Um, what you have, but it's, it's an amazing thing. To, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm in awe, really, of you, to be honest. Um, um, can you give them, like, can you show them how you how you stepped up and were authority yeah. in, in this space? How you how you actually use the story to create revenue, to create a lifestyle for you, and to to succeed where others can't see that yet. So, how did yeah. you do it? I guess. Well, I guess but- I can, yeah. First, I have to say, it took me 10 years before I could even talk about it. So when I you say these four skills to resilience and the creativity, that was so important because I find especially, you know, think, thankfully, I didn't have social media like then, <laughs> but people are too ready to put stuff out there before they have time to process it for themselves. And that's just as important sharing your story for yourself first and really um, finding your place in it is so important. But before you start um, putting it out there, because you, you are enough too. So feeling like you really have that again, 10 years, I I have to say, Um, then, you know, words were really difficult because I didn't, it was hard for me to speak. I was sexually abused because I, I just saw it in, you know, PTSD survivors or no, you see th- things in flashes of sound, sight, um, you know, sensations and, and the surgeries too, which is why I think I took to the arts so well, because mm-hmm. you can just splatter paint on something. So also don't feel pressured that the first time you share your story it has to be through words or through writing because sometimes you'll also like diagnose yourself into, or, you know, tell your story in a way that your heart isn't there yet. So again, you don't have to be an artist, but even if you need to just feel it out through a movement or through just walking around and 
and um, and feeling it. Um, those ways of sharing are, are so important um, for you first. Um, eventually, how I did use this to um, talk about it was my one woman musical was the first way I could really put my story in a theatrical framework. And that was so therapeutic for me because I was forced to say, oh, okay, what is the what was the message from it? What did I learn? Where was the growth? Mm. Um, so that really helped me. Um, but then you know, my first TED talk was about being a detourist, you know, someone that yeah. that takes a path and just follows those flowers and sees where that may lead. But um I started this love my detour movement where I encouraged anyone to just share. Think about a time in your life that didn't go as you expected. And it doesn't matter whether it's like just moving to a new town or something very traumatic or just, you know, any unexpected change. All you have to do is write a little bit about what the change was and, you know, where it led you to where you are. And putting what had happened to me into this just kind of basic metaphor that anyone can relate to no matter what's happened to them good or bad that was a way that really brought people together um because if we're looking to make a career out of something at least i'm speaking for me but i want to know i'm doing it in a way that makes a difference and brings people together um and so people really i got stories from all over the world i mean people from like Kenya to California to Alaska to um, amazing, amazing people writing in about how they really resonated with this idea of detour. So, so find something, you know, find something unique in your story, but then find something larger about like, why is it calling you? Like, what is your why? Like, what do you want to do with what has happened to you? Um, You know, to, um, to really help people. Um, so I think because I've always wanted to connect with people and get people to just engage with the world around them, um, I think that's what really felt natural. I, I wanted to use what I had uniquely been through as a way for people to be like, you know what, let's drop this whole facade. We all go through unexpected things and mm-hmm. we need ways to deal with it and we need to start talking about it. Um, so yeah, so that's what all, and then like the practicalities of the business I created and the workshops, I'm touring all this stuff. Mm -hmm. It all just came from the same drive to, you know, I never anticipated I'd be doing all these things or the books or, or anything. But if I kept on that, why am I doing this? And what am I, what am I looking to achieve from other people? Um, I think that's what kept me focused. Awesome. I love it. That is perfect. <laughs> That's perfect. That's definitely what my audience needs oh, to perfect, hear. But... Yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, but, that um, is. Any questions yeah. or anything, people can always reach out to me because, again, I was playing all this by year too, as we all are. So, yeah, yeah, of course. Of course, we are. So, incredible stuff, incredible story, incredible, um, incredible answers to my, to my questions too. So, please tell us now where you, where people can, sh- can find you. Um, online right now 
Yeah, well, I'm on the Facebook, I'm on the social media, but um, I published my memoir last year, um, My Beautiful Detour, An Unthinkable Journey from Gutless to Grateful. Exciting news, I just started this month recording the audiobook, so awesome. you are the first person to hear about that <laughs> but, right. uh, on a podcast. But, um, Great stuff. So hopefully that will be out soon, but um, yes, yeah, send me a note. Um, Everything's on my website too, amyos.com. Uh, you can see my TED Talks, my all three of them. And, and anyone and anyone that has a detour in life, um, send me a note. Um, and I, I have like a weekly Why Not Wednesday column uh, where any detourist can write about, you know, what happened in their life, how it led them where they are, and just know your story is, you know, helping everyone. So. Yeah. I love it. That is incredible stuff. Incredible stuff. And before we get out of here, I just wanted to chime in with my authorityletter.com. Please go there. We are still in the midst of the eight-week digital product giveaway as we transform into the into the launch mode here of our podcast from live stream yeah. podcast. So one prize each week. This week we're giving away AirPods. So go on there and and jump in and get some of those if you like. Um and you get your products fast. Just let's just listen to my winners. Two or three days, you get them. You get your products. So don't. You, it's not one of those things where you're going to get. You know, have to wait weeks on weeks on end. It's coming straight to you very quickly. So jump on that. You'll get them right away. And um, and the odds are are great that you might win. Trust me on this. <laughs> Trust me on this. Um, so so go ahead and get on that. And any other words of, of advice before we get out of here, Amy? I want to enter that. <laughs> Listen, trust your detour. Every flower you don't expect to see, it's all because you're taking a different path. So take it in. I love it. Incredible stuff. And that's a wrap for this episode. You are the project. We want to take authority to your name so you can sell more of what you're great at in your life and in your business. All right. So take care. And we are out of here for now. Be Thank blessed. you. All right. And that's a wrap for this episode of The Authority Project. Thanks so much for tuning in. And if you like what you heard, we want to hear from you. Subscribe, rate, and give an honest review. Share and tell your friends so they can hear too. And for even more authority-building tactics, be sure to sign up at theauthorityletter.com. Get free weekly content and ongoing digital product giveaways to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. We certainly hope you got a key takeaway or maybe an aha moment from today's broadcast. Just remember, it's your authority. Build it, share it, and they will come. Until next time.